to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello, we are back with another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I hope you are all doing very, very, very well a day after the Gelarossi defeat Bashak Shahir in the Europa League. Dreadful first half, very good second half. Nonetheless, Roma get the victory in their first group match of the competition. So let me bring Andy on just real quick. If you would like to support the podcast, get a couple of extra perks such as early access to the podcast, even extra episodes of the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash Roma Press or you can go to the support page at the top of Roma Press. So let me bring Andy on real quick as he and I discuss the Europa League victory and preview Sunday's match against Bologna. And very quickly, if you find yourself, if you are attending the match at the Dallara, there is a restaurant right outside the stadium that is one of my favorite. It's a pizzeria. It's called Restaurante San Gennaro. Very, very good. I cannot recommend it enough. If you go to the match, go there before, after fantastic fantastic cuisine i cannot recommend it enough so that will be all of my uh travel tips that i will give you for now so let me welcome on andy as he and i discuss again the europa league clash and the upcoming match against bologna all right andy it was uh aroma for basak shahir zero so it really was a tale of two halves. The first half was pretty atrocious. The second was significantly better. And even the individual performances were a lot better. And I don't think that could be described any better than what we saw from Javier Pastore. In my opinion, he was probably right. the worst right. on the pitch in the first half. In the second, he really raised his level. So what did you make of that match? Uh, good start to Europa League, though, nonetheless. Yeah, de- definitely a good start to the Europa League compared to um, what we saw from the opposition. Uh, I, what I mean by opposition is uh, the match between uh, uh, München Gladbach and, and uh, Wolfsberger. Uh, probably nobody expected that result. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's good that Roma uh, managed to impose themselves as they did. Uh, because man, that that first half, it was, you know, it was like watching one of those Eusebio Di Francesco games from a year mm, ago. Yeah. Um, because it was just anti everything that Fonseca wants his football to be. It was boring. Uh, no, their players didn't look fit, didn't look dynamic enough. Uh, just, just no, no hunger, no, no spirit, and you know, if if what uh, uh, Diawara described as um, sort of a, an enraged uh, speech by by Fonseca at halftime, if that is true, uh, then I, you know, I give him all the praise because he got what he wanted. Um, because we came out completely as a completely different team everybody looked much more aggressive pastore looked more aggressive and and was we say in italian painting football uh dipingendo yeah. calcio for like 15 straight minutes uh it was just through ball after through ball to jeco um and then you know aside seriously i mean everybody performed in the second half aside from a few individual mistakes like kalinic's Big, big, big miss. Um, oh, that uh, was bad. That was bad. But aside from that, that was a, a great, great second half. And, you know, 
that was probably the only flaw I could have given uh, Fonseca in these uh, first three matches or so. Um, the the second half, he always seemed to get the first half right, and then the second half we dropped off. Well, here uh, the opposite happened. Yeah, so I wanted to bring up. Well, I was glad you mentioned uh, what the Awada said at halftime. How um, pissed off he said Paulo Fonseca was, and. I don't know why I'm glad, glad to read that because maybe I feel like that's something you say Di Francesco would not do. And, of course, we can't say that for certain. But what we can say for certain is you don't get that sort of response from a Eusebio Di Francesco team. Definitely yeah? not. Uh, definitely not. You know, I, I, I told this to somebody yesterday um, that this this team in that second half performed as freely and as relaxed as probably the, the last time I saw something like that was in the last Spalletti era when we were uh, uh, capable of beating teams like 4-1, to one. Four to zero, you know. I, I remember us cruising by the likes of Palermo, Pescara. Um, I remember even a performance against Torino where Paredes was our man of the match. So, and and that was a team that could deliver those wins. And two years later, we just weren't used to this 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 team reacting so aggressively and 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 being so. Uh, clinical in in finishing because really yesterday I mean after the last miss by Jeko uh, which was then followed by a goal of his everything that we put out there was 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 really uh, uh, great stuff and you couldn't have asked for a better second half I know this is you know this is just two two wins in a row. Um, no, no need to get carried away, but nonetheless, this is you know this is stuff that we Roma fans uh, haven't been used to for the past two years. So, um, you know, consider me excited. Yeah, I don't want to get carried away either. If we're honest, uh, their level was so much lower than Roma's, and again, you you proceed that with a victory against Sassuolo, a team Roma should be beating to begin with. I, I'm not going to get excited, but there were a couple of things that really stood out to me that I did like. Um, one in particular, you and I have talked about this issue a lot, and he really showed improvement in that role, and that was Nicolo Zaniolo yep. playing on the right wing. You and I have both said, yes, uh, yes. and I think it was a previous episode, in fact, that um, Paolo Fonseca is going to have a decision to make at some point in regards to playing Zaniolo, Pellegrini in that role behind Dzeko in the number 10 role. Well, if you get Zaniolo performing like that on the wing, you don't have to make that decision because he can fill in for Under in instances like this when the Turkish uh, winger is not available. Yeah, I mean... Uh... Listen, this is. Um, <laughs> I think I think this team, the way it, it's playing now, the way uh, the three competitions uh, will be, you know, distributed. It, 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 I think it allows everyone, at least in this system that we've seen so far, to benefit from it. And because yes, Clivert is is uh, has has shown uh, uh, some good things, some bad things, but mostly good things in these past two games. But you certainly can see him getting rest against Bologna and 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 getting Mkhitaryan there and keeping Zaniolo on the wing, right? Uh, and um, also, so it, 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 it's definitely right now. I'm I'm just happy that some of these rotations are happening. It's not just talk. It's not you know um, uh, 
stuff that you say to the press no the, we Spinazzola played Diawara played the whole game um Kalinic had his minutes so that's important to see those players out there performing Jordan Vertu came on again um it, it, that's important if if you have because you know, this is not something new. We've seen Zaniolo on the wing last season when we were desperate because um, it, with injuries, difficult schedule, and, and you know, in the locker room uh, not functioning properly, uh, we had to rely on Zaniolo on the wing. And I think the, the, it was too much pressure on uh, in, a, in a too critical of a moment for him. Um, so obviously, if you have a coach who can put a player in in a good position even mentally that's the most important thing because i think we can all agree that zaniolo is as tremendous talent it's that he needs to be consistent and if he can keep this up if he can deliver these performances and be such a force because yesterday he was just nobody was stopping him i mean if you look at his statistics they are picture perfect it's um i think he, he had like 95 percent completion of passes he was just so dynamic was was fearless and unlike clivert he does not play for himself he plays for the team um so if you can have that guy performing at that level and still have Pellegrini performing at that level, then in the offensive uh, department, uh, you're set. I hope Zaniolo can adapt to the wing more because what we saw from Pellegrini, that chance to unleash Kalinic, who that might be one of the worst misses we've seen since Schick at Juve, which is an all-timer in terms of misses. That pass that Pellegrini did to to Kalinic, he doesn't touch it. He sees Kalinic making the run. He doesn't even stop the ball. He gets it from Diawara, and then he just launches it. Or it might have been Juan Jesus, but anyway. The way he just launched it and put Kalinic in this perfect position to score again. Well, uh, I, I, wanted, I wanted to quickly just mention the second. I thought a play that was just as brilliant was when he flicked the ball over his head uh, yes, with yep. two touches. And on the second touch, he volleyed the ball straight uh, to Spinazzola's feet. I want to take this opportunity again to say, uh, could you... Uh, well, first off, I have to say I was totally wrong because I think it was last season where I said something to the effect of, are we sure if Pellegrini's even good? Well... We're sure now when he's playing in the right role because it is so clear now. I mean, how could you even, if you're a manager, you come to Roma, how could you even consider putting him in anything else other than this role behind the striker? I mean, it's so it's so evident now. You you don't need any more evidence. Yep. You don't need to I watch anything you. else. Yeah, I mean, it's it, this is this is this is his time. I mean, it's it's clear as day that uh, this is his position. That if you put if you put him there, if you put him in the right conditions, he can be pretty fucking good for you. Yeah. And and you know, Roma uh, have so much talent. I, I I think at least I think because the, there's been this idea for the past two or three years that we've been declining in the in the amount of talent that this team has by selling the likes of Salah, uh, by even selling the likes of Paredes, according to some. Um, I don't think so. I think the question is, can this talent be put in the right con conditions to be cultivated appropriately? And because Pellegrini is still young, you can still get a, a lot out of him. If if this is if if this is just the start, then we're in for something good. 
I think a lot of what what we our, our judgments, at least to date, I feel a lot of that has to do with being so scarred by Eusebio Di Francesco. If if we're just being completely honest, it was complete and total anti football from him. No no technical flexibility. Just I mean, look at where he is now with Sampdoria. I just. I feel like we were so scarred by him that it's difficult for us to think clearly at times. So I just want to say how happy I am to see Pellegrini performing at such a high level and that he's, again, as you just stated, he found his role. Now he's comfortable and he just looks so much freer out there. And I'm just so happy that Roma now seemed to have this dynamic, homegrown Italian playmaker who looks like he can be a force for years to come. Can I can I just quickly say on that Di Francesco thing? I I agree with you that he was anti-football, but to me the biggest I, one of the positives for me was that he was give, giving some of the guys a chance. Obviously, not that's Schick. that's completely fair. Absolutely, he, he, he was the one who who put uh, uh, Pellegrini uh, on in that trequartista role when uh, I think Pastore went down and we had to come up with something. I think it was like in the, the derby against the Lazio. Remember that was when when Pellegrini got his goal. Um, that he he put players even sometimes in the right positions like Zaniolo. He put him out there. He put him there. But if you have a team like the team of, of Di Francesco who had no creativity, who relied mostly on on their wingers, uh, who kept crossing and nobody was there to get the ball, how can you get the best out of Pellegrini in those conditions? You cannot. So that, that was his fault. 100%. Spot on. So then there's Pastore who Again, for him, it really was a tale of two halves. In the first half, he looked every bit the old, washed up, I guess you could say, over the hill, whatever. Yeah, I mean, whatever negative connotation you want to use. But he certainly picked it up in the second half. He raised his level. What do you make of him? Because it's truly a baffling case. Because on one hand, he shows these flashes of just world-class brilliance that nobody else at Roma things that nobody else at Roma are capable of. And then again, to the flip side of that, you have this guy who just looks so old, tired, finished as a player. I don't even know what Roma do with him because it's going to be very difficult, obviously, to sell him. His wages are enormous. He's earning what he would never earn at another club. So it's a very curious situation. What, What do you make of it? It is. And to be honest, I don't see him being a big part of uh, our season. Listen, I hope I'm wrong, but I just don't see it happening. Um, Say in the Serie A, I just don't see him playing a big part. Uh, uh, I can see him being a part of these group stages. Uh, I can see him perform in Coppa Italia. But I just think that he has all the talent in the world and uh, everybody knows how much I love to see his magic but uh, at the same time he plays too soft and you know you cannot have a, a player making that kind of money and still whenever he gets a chance giving you 20 quality minutes because that's what he gave us yesterday he was he was lights out for 20 minutes he was brilliant but uh, the other uh, 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 40 um, not so much and you just can't have that in a season where you need to get things right and and you have all these other talents up and coming and and fighting for that same spot because so 
to me, it's it's a no-brainer. You can let him have all the space he wants in, in these sort of games um, when the stakes are pretty low. But when the stakes are high, there are other players that, that need consideration. Yeah, so another player that was given, or at least that I saw on social media given a bit of criticism as well, was Diawara. I didn't think he was nearly as bad as some people were saying. Maybe you disagree, though. Well, you know, listen, I I can see that um, in setting in, in setting up the ball, he was tragic. Yes, he lost way lost to way too many balls. Um, uh, in that department, Cristante was f- fucking fantastic to the point that the English commentators that uh, I was listening to were basically saying, "Oh, that's Cristante's game," uh, you know, launching players forward because um, he was the one doing uh, uh, that, uh, fulfilling that duty yesterday. And so, shout out to Cristante for again, yeah, uh, dominating, good. giving really his all. And um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't have any particular criticism for Diawara just because this was his first game back. Like as a starter, he played ninety minutes. Uh, you can have these performances at your first time out. Same for Spinazzola, who also I think. Um, did not really give you a lot of quality on that right wing. Uh, as you said, he, that's not his position. He can play there in these sort of games, but um, just didn't have the impact that I wanted him to have. And, you know, and then you have Kalinic, who I think that was probably the most worrying aspect of this game. If there was one worrying aspect, is that that, that miss is the miss of uh, a player who's just mentally still not there, who clearly spent a year on the bench, who spent the previous year being booed and laughed at by the Italian media and fans for his performances in Milan. You could clearly see his his, his uncertainty when he was uh, uh, touching that ball because he could have just carried it a bit forward let the oh, he shot it from out. outside the area, and it was such a weak shot. It had no yeah. spirit, uh, no conviction. So um, that's was well, that was the most worrying part. Aside from that, uh, Diawara will be fine. Uh, this team will, will I, in my opinion, will be fine. Obviously, that duo, the defensive duo. Um, of of uh, Fazio and Juan Jesus, that's not the defensive duo that Paul Lopez wants. You could clearly see that he was fucking worried about his clean sheet with those guys. Um, so that's my that that's my take on it. I think uh, it was clever of Fonseca to to this time uh, uh, use Kolarov as a third de- central defender instead of Florenzi like the Sassuolo. That was very clever. I'm I'm uh, I'm curious to see if if that keeps uh, happening. Overall, this team is it was such a joy to watch in that second half again. Um, they they just played so freely. They 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 did not care uh, about any any potential dangerous consequences. They were sure to take it home. Uh, you could see Clivert's uh, comfortable uh, goal at the end. That was. Uh, that was a team that was comfortable and and was playing the kind of football it wants to play, and uh, all the credit in the world goes to uh, Fonseca really for for getting them up and and uh, making them play that way after that horrendous first half. Now the trick is to have two halves, uh, uh, therefore ninety full minutes of 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 just quality football. That's the next challenge. Right. So that's so that's a perfect segue. That's what I'm curious to see, because what we saw 
really over these past two seasons, Eusebio Di Francesco, uh, Ranieri, you would have a good performance, you would have a good half. There was never, ever any consistency from Roma. <laughs> yes. Since the departure of, uh, I mean, since the departure yes. of Spalletti, yep. they, there has been no consistency in performance, there has been no consistency in results. So this is where I think instances like this and and the match after against Atalanta, where we will actually see whether or not this this is a different Roma, different mindset, or if we're going to get the same old tired nonsense that we've seen these past two seasons. Yep. So Bologna have been doing very well. They they're they're I believe they're second in the table behind uh, uh, Inter. They obviously have this uh, this yep. cause with yep. Mihailovic that they're all battling for. So for this one, it's away from uh, it's away from Rome. Yeah, well, this is the first away game for Fonseca. This is this is the first test, right. in my right. opinion. So is this one you're extremely worried about? Because do we do we even want to re, re regurgitate rehash what happened <laughs> last season <laughs> oh at Bologna? God. Because it was right around, yep. I believe it was in yes. September of uh, of yes. last year. Yes. Um, I distinctly remember you and I talking about it. Without question, one of the worst performances we've seen from any recent Roma side. That was embarrassing. I told you right then and there that might have been the worst football game I had ever seen Roma play. And it's no joke. If anybody is... uh is up to uh, some some depressing shit tonight. Just go seek out that game. Bologna-Roma, uh, 2-0 for Bologna. Arguably one of the most horrible performances. And that was a pretty good summary of the team that we saw last season. This is, I said this multiple times on here. This is, with Fonseca, it's, uh, you're changing a culture. Like, you're, it's not just you come in here and you change the way these players play football. You, you change the whole culture. You have to change the mentality in the locker room. You have to change the attitude of the players on the pitch in critical moments, which is not easy to do uh, on the training ground. You need to be put in those moments. You need to see how they react. And... You know, I have to be honest, when Sassuolo scored those two goals, I start to a little bit uh, shit my pants. That, that Yeah, here cool. we go again, huh? Okay, exactly. Um, so, listen, uh, we know what a team with a cost can do. We've seen Fiorentina's uh, uh, team uh, perform, I think, two years ago after uh, Astori's passing. They had a cause and they were a force to be reckoned with for for a, a, a few games. Like they 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 were just uh, going through opponents, slicing them up. Um, Bologna can be can be difficult. Bologna have a lot of quality. Uh, they have a good coach. Uh, they have a lot of youngsters who have tremendous potential, and and you know they they faced uh, a, a lot of difficulty uh, at the beginning of the season. They've come back from uh, uh, from losing certain games, and it's a it's a dirt turf. Uh, so you know I don't take this game lightly. I hope we win. I think we will win if we play the way. We played the second half in the last game and the first half in the uh, in the previous game. Uh, we just have to put in 90 minutes of really good football. I wanted to talk about Dzeko. And I know I brought him up on the previous episode about 
how different he looks compared to last season. And, and I don't, I, I don't know what it is. Even in the Europa League match uh, last night, listen, it, it's not like his performances are. Or I shouldn't even say performances. I should say his quality. It's not like his quality is any different. He's still. We saw him miss a couple of good opportunities yesterday. But doesn't it just shock you how much more involved and engaged he is on the pitch? It's I I, I can't get over it. Oh oh yeah sure. Um, you you all know how big of a critic of Jack I have been, and I still am. I still get pissed off when he misses those chances. I mean, yesterday prior to his goal, uh, it just it, it wasn't good enough. But uh, I could see him work his ass off uh, until the very minute he he got subbed. Uh, out uh, for Kalinic, he was uh, all over the place. He was just re- going out to the wing, and uh, he was recovering the ball. He he was getting fouled. Um, it, truly, one of the one of the few times I was satisfied with him having the captain's captain's armband. Uh, I thought that it was a classic Jekyll performance where he works his ass off for the team. He gets his goal. Um, doesn't that manages to to uh, to limit his pouting um and clearly a different attitude clearly a different relationship with a different coach um and he's in a good moment that's uh, for jeko these starts these starts of the season are very important hey real quick one of the comparisons i keep seeing especially on social media is and i th- i think it's a poor comparison but I'm curious to hear you hear what you say about it. I'm pretty sure I asked you about this in the past, but I still see people saying the way Roma play, or I should say the uh, the Roma Fonseca. I still see people comparing it to Zeman. Yeah, uh, is that, are, are they missing something? Because I I don't think it's even remotely comparable. I mean, I think it's a very easy label because it depends on who says it. But I most most uh, journalists journalists and talkheads in Rome, um, they know very little uh, about <laughs> about. I mean, it, listen, no, I what I what I mean is we're not naming names. We're not naming. <laughs> we're not naming names. But Never. what I mean, what I mean is that if 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 they are familiar with something, they'll stick to that something for a long, long time. And Zeman was, you know, everybody knows Zeman. Everybody knows uh, what he did at Roma, what he did in his career, the way he played. And uh, to them, as soon as you start playing at, uh, attacking football, that's when you become Zeman. That as soon as you say, yeah, you know, I don't want to defend. I want to control the game uh that's when you become zeman so that's a stupid comparison zeman had had little to no creativity going forward his teams were always headless mindless teams just launching themselves risking everything for nothing um it was very similar to what we saw in the latter stages of of of, of uh, Di Francesco's tenure, when uh, you know we we would go forward without really an objective, and we would get uh, a hit by a counter attack. Um, with Fonseca, I don't see that. I don't see that. I see a lot of a lot of uh, planning ahead, uh, a lot of smart plays. These players know what they're doing. They know what the game plan is. And that is the most important thing, not some stupid comparison. And there's way more equilibrio 
in the play. Yes, yes, some balance. There is balance. I mean, you saw Kolarov's uh, performance yesterday as a third uh, uh, center back. That's balance. Again, the shape, the structure, I don't even think it's comparable. So I think it's a very lazy comparison. Before we go, do you think they beat Bologna then? I, I... I will say yes. I will say yes because I believe in this team. I believe in Fonseca's will to to grow as a team. I think this team can grow uh, after these two performances. Okay, so do I. I do think they get the victory as well. So that's where we will leave it. We will be back after the match against Bologna and then before the match uh, next week, in the middle of the week, against Atalanta. So, as always, thank you so much for listening, everybody, and until next time, ciao.